Welcome back to episode number 250 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is a podcast for building a global community around process safety and industry handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we have back on the podcast, Bill Laternis, Senior Safety Advisor of Manufacturing at BC4 Safety Council. Bill, welcome back to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. Thanks for having me back, Chris. I'm excited to have Bill back on. We had him on in episode 217, talking about the WPAC audit tool for managing wood dust mitigation control. Um, we had him on episode 230 and 231, talking about building a culture of safety. And I think that was within companies and then also lessons for industries and associations as well. And today we have back, him back on the podcast talking about QR codes for industrial applications. This is going to be kind of a fun one. This is something that Bill and I had talked about at the Dust Safety Education Forum, which is a recent event in British Columbia um, earlier this year in 2023, talking about combustible dust, uh, the proposed regulations coming out through WorkSafe BC and more. And at that event, we were sharing a bunch of different aspects of safety. But Bill mentioned how his team's using QR codes. And he actually had these little business cards and sort of cheat sheets that he was sharing at the conference that people could just scan get access to all the resources that BC4 Safety Council had for combustible dust. It's really useful things. I was talking to him about it. And he mentioned, yeah, I got the idea from um, a site that was using it in really interesting ways with regards to safety and understanding things on the site as well. And I thought that might be an interesting episode of the podcast. So we're going to have him here today. We're going to cover where does this idea come from? Well, we'll probably cover what is a QR code. I don't know if we have a, a definition for that, but we'll try. Where does this idea come from? Some examples of Bill has seen them being used in industry and some of the work that BC4 Safety Council has been doing with them as well. So Bill, welcome back. I'll give you just give the two cents version of who, who you are and, and what you do. And then just where did the idea of coming or using QR codes in processing facilities come from? Let's go through some of the background on that. Well, Chris, the, the first exposure I had to the use of QR codes uh, in industry was actually at the Canfor Windwood Sawmill in Preston, BC back in 2019. And I noticed that wherever they were either storing or using controlled products, they would put up a QR code for that controlled product so that workers had immediately immediate access to the SDS that's supplied by a third party, you know, uh, web supplier. And, you know, at the time I thought, wow, that's great. That's innovative, kind of neat to see. And, you know, the workers said, yeah, if they need to access that information, it's may, it makes it easy for them. And, of course, we all know that quite soon after that, because of COVID, a lot of businesses uh, started using QR codes for, for various things as well, you know, especially restaurants with menus and stuff like that. So it just seemed to grow in my mind that uh, it, was a, it was a good tool to help people get access to information in an easy way. Yeah, and I'll give, be honest, I don't even know how a QR code works, but I know if you point your phone at it and click the button, that takes you to a website <laughs> that the QR code takes you to. Um, so we'll put that in as a definition of, of a QR code. You saw this at one of the, the sites that you were working with where they were using it to store SDS information for controlled materials and substances. Yeah. What are some other examples that you've seen this being used? And I want to kind of go into BC4 Safety Council, how you guys are using it for education as well. Well, we, we have the two subscription items that happen every week. One, the first one is crew talks and the second one is safety alerts. And we, we add QR codes when applicable, not only for people to access the subscription for those products, but uh, we also have various safety alerts that come in where there might 
might be a video attached that people can access the video with the QR code or with the crew talks. Uh, we have a crew talk on a certain topic. We might include the QR code so that somebody that's using the crew talk can post it afterwards on their safety board and workers can access more information on that topic. So that's where we started using uh, QR codes. And I did see, um, I think it must have been you that had it on your business card at the Dust Safety Education Forum. Is that correct? And how are, where are you pointing to people through to off your business card? So that we had a bit of an evolution in the use of QR codes after the crew talks and, and safety alerts. Well, the next item that we actually went sort of big on with QR codes is we put together what we call our communication card. And it's a regular size, uh, letter size uh, document that uh, has two sides to it. The first side is all about the access to the relevant courses or free information we have on our website for sawmills. And then on the, the opposite side is the free information that WPAC posts on their website. And so what we do is we give give companies the ability to post that card in their workplace. And again, workers can have easy access to the free information, the free resources, just by scanning the QR code for the topic that's on there. And each side has about a dozen or so topics on it with some description as to what it is. And you know, both uh, the sawmills through MAG and the pellet industry through WPAC really have a strong culture of sharing. And so this this enables that sharing to take place at the workplace directly with the worker. And for for us at the BC Forest Safety Council, our belief is, is that if we can provide all workers easy access to information, it's a win when they when they go to get that information because it, it's sometimes difficult for workers workers to access simple information, you know, have to go through their supervisor or get it printed out or something. So it really helps facilitate. Now the next thing that happened is, you know, we're we're sitting there scratching our head, wondering, well, how do we expand on the use of QR codes? And I think I was running out of business cards for the BC4 Safety Council. And so, you know, we, we came up with this idea that on the backside of my business card, and I made three different business cards, I would put a QR code that again provides somebody with access to our resources that are online. So business card that I hand out to somebody in a sawmill will have all of the access to the sawmill resources that we have online. Uh, we'll have a card that's available that has all the access to the pellet industry. And on that one, we actually put the, the contact information for the, the executive director on the business card, as well as my contact information. And then we have a third business card, which is fairly generic with, uh, so we can hand it out to just about anybody who wants access to any of the free resources that we have on either site. It's quite handy and I hand those out quite a bit and especially when you hand them out to workers or or somebody at the operations level they're like wow this is great you mean all I have to do is read this QR code and I get access to all your free resources and, and I think it really makes it easy for people to get information yeah I'm seeing a couple of common threads here culture of sharing with BC4 Safety Council and I think that ties in with overall culture in general, which was a, a main topic of our podcast episodes back in episode 230 and 231. We have this, you know, culture of sharing information. Um, I'd say you guys have a really 
taken above and beyond that to a culture of communication for WorkSafe BC, where you're always trying to innovate on how do we how do we communicate better with people? How do we make it more clear, more concise, more compelling, more simple, more shareable, uh, make it more bite-sized, but still useful at the end of the day? And done a different way, this could be a gigantic report that's 30 pages long, dropped on somebody's desk that you know they're not going to be able to use. But you guys have went you know, from crew talks and safety alerts to um, using these QR cards, codes for communication cards, even the one page, the two page, but double-sided printouts, these communication cards are really handy. Like there's, they said a dozen, two dozen QR codes on them. That one card you can print, drop on a table or pin to a board and everybody can have access to all that information. Again, these bite-sized chunks, it's actually helpful at the end of the day. Oh, I love it. And the the business card thing, that's a good idea too. I actually had two business cards when we started Dust Safety Science, this was seven years ago. The backside of one just said, have a question about combustible dust, and then just email me at chris at dustsafetyscience.com. So I, I like to do the question and answer on backsides of cards because you can catch the person that has that question, not sure about combustible dust vacuums, not sure about your housekeeping program. Whatever the question is, that call and response is a really effective way to get people to action. But I didn't have the easy QR codes back then, or I probably did, but I didn't use QR codes that were that easy. And the other one was our conference. I would always put on the backside of business card something like join the community next event coming February 21st, 2024, whatever the date was. That's another way to, because people want to be part of the community. They want to be able to communicate in an effective way. And these are really nice ways then to translate that over to being able to take action to to improve safety. So I love the work of the BC4 Safety Council in this area. I want to cycle back to the industries and some of the ways that they're using this in the past and even today. But anything else on this journey through BC4 Safety Council? We went through crew talks all the way to business cards. Any other pieces in there that we want to add in as well for folks? Well, that's the main uses that we're using uh, right now for manufacturing. And I'm sure there'll be more going down the road. You know, you, you mentioned about the the culture of sharing. Uh, there There is a very strong desire at the BC4 Safety Council in making sure that anybody that needs our resources has access to them. So, Possibly QR codes might start showing up on things like my email that I send out for my signature that says, you know, because you can actually scan a QR code on your on your monitor when you get. Yeah, an email. I've, I've done it. It's it's uh, it's pretty neat. And, and it's like here, you know, access to our information or, or our courses or our free resources. And, and they can, it makes it easy. Like if you don't have to actually type something in and all you can do is, is scan it. And, or, you know, we always try to attach uh, a hyperlink to our QR code. So if you're on your, your main computer, on your monitor, uh, you don't necessarily have to scan it. You can actually just click it and, and it takes you directly to the resources. So I, I think it's going to become something that's going to be used whenever we want to promote the resources that we have. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Also, language barriers. That's, I mean, it makes it way useful, more useful for folks that are like, otherwise you're looking to Google Translate. What's this thing say? <laughs> but a QR code is a universal language at this stage. Now, what comes on the back end of that might be in one given language, although I'm pretty sure there's probably technology to allow you to see what the person clicking where they're coming in from and adjust the language as needed. But the the actual front end of it is sort of a universal approach. Yeah. We went back to the SDS. We talked about your experience with the mills there and kind of where this idea came from with the SDS sheets and that. Are there other ways you're seeing folks using these in industry? I'm thinking even like safe work procedures or, you know, other ways that people are using QR codes that that somebody's listening to this podcast episode might take and go, 
oh yeah, we should look at that. Or, oh yeah, I should tell my client about that. Or, you know, I should tell the folks I'm working with about trying to use some of these technologies. Yeah, we we have a sawmill in BC that's very tech savvy. Uh, they've got a very strong IT department and a lot of the work that they do for their workers is geared towards making it easier for them. Something as simple as uh, safe work procedures or lockout procedures, you can access with a QR code right at the machine center that they're working on. They can do inspections, like, like say a forklift, you can scan the QR code for a certain forklift and it brings up the pre-use inspection that you can fill out on your, your phone and submit it. And if it's got uh, issues that need to be addressed, it automatically gets uh, sent to uh, the mechanic. So he knows that the, this forklift has something that he needs to fix. So there's there are companies, not a lot, but there are companies that are embracing this. And um, that being said, there there's some hurdles to get over. Um, there's a lot of operations and not just in the forest products manufacturing, but other ones that I go to in other industries really don't want their employees to be walking around with their phones while they're working. Yeah. And and they're worried about the stealing of time or being distracted, not focused on the work that they're supposed to do, which is understandable. Now, the company that uh, has really embraced the use of QR codes has, has basically said they don't have those problems. They, you know, they, they manage the issue, and it's only on very few occasions that, that they've had to really knuckle down with somebody and say, listen, you know, you're supposed to be working, you, know, you can't be playing on your phone. Uh, but for the most part, they say it's a benefit for their operation that they, they want to keep using. That being said... There are things that they need to do to make sure that it's safe for both the workers and the operation to use these things. Um, they have a separate server to provide Wi-Fi to their employees in the mill that's separated from their main server so that they can't be hacked through this process. And their answer to workers that don't want to use their phones for this purpose uh, they do have tablets that you can use that are strategically placed throughout the mill so that you can use one of those tablets. You can scan the uh, QR code and take the tablet to the machine center that you're you're working on and it'll help you with your lockout, something like that. So I think the arguments can be overcome where people say, well, we don't want them to have phones. Uh, they're going to be wasting their time and we're worried about our system getting hacked can be overcome with some simple solutions. Yeah, and I mean, if we fast forward, and I don't know how long, eight years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, it's just going to be in their glasses eventually anyway. <laughs> um, and they're going to be scanning QR codes or playing some game on on their eyeglasses. So I think not getting ahead of it and, and preparing, I, I can understand the challenges as well. And maybe that's, yeah, I can see the challenges today, but it's better to start prepping and trying to get used to how to manage the people away from it, like you're saying, rather than here, you got to lock up your phone once you get on site. That way you guarantee they're not using it. <laughs> well, that's not that that's not going to last forever because what do you got to lock up their bracelets too and their aura rings and their um, all their wearable technology? Well, maybe, but yeah, it's probably not a really effective long-term strategy. You mentioned well, some of the challenges, you know, phones all working, security, having separate servers for QR codes versus potentially vulnerable you know, servers that have the the technology to run the mill. Some workers just probably don't want to use it, like you said, and having accessibility options for them as well. Anything else in that space that comes up? 
Well, I, I think some of the first steps an operation needs to to take for this is there needs to be a champion for this process. Uh, whether it's your IT department or somebody outside the ID department, somebody needs to be responsible to make sure that the QR codes that you're using are actually taking the worker to the right location. So there, there's a certain amount of maintenance that goes on, and there needs a certain amount of commitment by leadership to want to have this process working within their operation. And, you know, like we said before, QR codes are pretty simple. If if I can create a QR code, anybody can create a QR code. It's yep. not a hard process. And you just need to take one step at a time, start small, build on it. And, you know, truthfully, if you're saying your workers don't shouldn't have their phones with them, leave them in your lunchbox, they do have their phones with them. You know, every industry I go in that says, don't carry your phones when you're working. I see workers with their phones when they're working. So it's it's one of those wagging finger rules that is unenforceable. So why have that rule? Why not work with people to manage that process properly? Yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. Really interesting. Like I said, when we had a brief chat about this at the education forum, some some lights started going off in my head like, oh, this could be used in this way. This could be used this way. So I wrote some notes in my notebook and said, yeah, let's get a, a podcast interview on it, which, uh, which we've done here today, which is really cool. What's um, anything else from BC4 Safety Council you guys are working on? Anything come down the pipe um, within British Columbia that you think is worth closing up on or any final words for the audience day before we close out, Bill? Well, it's it's not just for BC4 Safety Council, but, uh, you know, I'd also maybe put this out there to, to other groups as well. You know, in BC, we have proposed uh, regulations for combustible dust. They're quite extensive and they are not easily understood without support. You know, why not have the regulator, the officers that are going out to the operations that really haven't been exposed to combustible dust regulations or don't understand the combustible dust regulations, put the QR code on the back of their business card so that they can say, here, here's where you can get information for the new regulations for combustible dust. You know, it, it needs to go beyond just industry and maybe the BC4 Safety Council. But, you know, when you when you pay $35 to get 500 business cards, it's it's a cheap way to be able to target your information that's timely and specific. And so I think broadening the use of that outside of industry or just the BC Forest Safety Council, to me, would be the next step that I'd like to see. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. And the if I could just add the last piece, even from this discussion, Bill, we talk about the culture of sharing and, and culture of effective communication, trying to get down that track, simplifying things. I, I wrote down the list here, clear, compelling, simple, shareable, bite-sized. Those are some things that came up in my mind when I think about what you guys are trying to do. One challenge you've had with regulations, and this isn't specific to BC4 Safety Council, I'm thinking NFPA 660 and ATEX regulations and new vacuum systems overseas. And the challenge is that you get this really long document that a lot of people aren't going to be equipped to read. So then if we could add the QR code, the easy access in with some ability to start thinking, how do we create a summary or guidance document or something that is is short, concise, one page that you could pin on a board that says, this is what this means for you. And that's why I really appreciate that BC4 Safety Council is taking a lot of time to, to try to figure that out within the industries they're working with and supporting. So that'd be the, the piece that I'd add on. And it's not easy work. There's a quote, I think it's Blaise Pascal or, or someone, but you know I would have wrote you a 
I would have wrote a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. So it's easy to write a long letter. It's, it's hard to shorten that to be more concise, kind of like me rambling on about this point at, at the moment. But that's, that's the other piece that I feel like might be missing in our space as well, is how do we take these things that are coming out and mean a lot to people and simplify them and have to close off by saying, I think BC4 Safety Council does an excellent job of that. And the, and the groups they have around Woodpell Association Canada, Canadian Biomass, some of the media groups you guys work with, and, and others up here in Canada and in Western Canada seem to do a pretty good job of that. So they're, they're a model I hold up to, to help with that. I think that's it for me, Bill. Anything else before we close out today? No, I think that's great. Thanks uh, for the opportunity. Thank you so much. I'm excited. This, I think, is either the fourth or fifth time you had on the podcast. Um, I don't think it'll be the last, Bill. Keep up the good work over there, and I appreciate what you do. Great. Thanks. Thanks for that. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney and Bill Laternis, Senior Safety Advisor at Manufacturing of Manufacturing at BC4 Safety Council. We talk about the use of QR codes in industrial applications and safety. Um, it's been a really interesting discussion. We talked through the... I guess the genesis of this idea, at least with Bill, and that was a mill that had a QR code system where they were storing their SDS information for controlled materials. It's quite simple. You have the storage, whatever it is, storage rack there. It's got the QR code. You can scan the QR code and get the SDS information on the chemical that's inside that rack or wherever it's wherever it's stored. That's a, a really simple use case of this, but that kind of got the ideas rolling. We talked through a number of different use cases from BCFSC of communication in general, and then starting to integrate these QR codes, crew talks, safety alerts, which I'd recommend people to check those out. If I had the QR code, I put it with the, with the podcast show notes for this episode. Um, but we've tabbed that on the podcast before we talked through these, these communication channels with BCFSC, through to business cards, through to trying to make the information really easy to be digested, things you can pin up on bulletin boards and, and the like. Uh, and then we talked some other use cases within mills and industries. So safe work practices, lockout procedures, inspections, roading of random maintenance requirements, that sort of stuff. Um, the list really goes on. Once you start to embrace the technology, there's many, many, many different ways to start integrating this into daily work practices. One of the keywords that Bill mentioned during the interview was efficiency. You start thinking about, okay, how do we do this more efficient? If we got an employee walking to a cabinet, picking up a binder, trying to document the binder, and then that document being out of date and then has to go find the new one, all that stuff really can be taken care of in a more effective way, starting to embrace some of these technologies. We talked through some of the challenges um, using phones while working. Security is uh, potentially a concern. Having different um, servers, having Wi-Fi on site so that employees don't have to use their own data, employees using their own phones, that sort of stuff. Um, there are challenges that are coming up, but they, as Bill mentioned, they can be overcome. Um, and I'm hoping that this podcast episode just sparks some ideas in people's minds about some more effective ways that we can meet communicating on site and also communicating with the folks that we're working with. So leave it at that for this episode. As always, I want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. Hope you have a safe, productive week ahead. And I appreciate everything you're doing in the industry's handling combustible dust, being safe with the work you're doing out there every day. Keep it up.